Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. I want to start by reading just some statistics, and I had, I had them typed in my phone. I forgot to write them down. You know, this year we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and specifically this month we're talking about peace. And I want to start by just kind of sharing a few statistics. There was a book not long ago called Stress Less by uh, Don Colbert, Dr. Don Colbert. Many of us probably, if we are honest, we won't raise our hands. wouldn't matter. All of us could put our hand up, right? If we've ever felt like we were stressed out or anxious about anything, we're going to talk about that this morning. In this book, he noted that 75 to 90 percent of all visits to the primary care physician were stress-related. Americans, he said, consume 5 billion with a B, tranquilizers, 5 billion with a B, barbiturates, 3 billion amphetamines, 16 tons of aspirin every single year because of stress. A lot of the medicine was taken to alleviate the stress, the symptom, without dealing with the underlying problem. So what causes stress? What is the reason why we're stressed, we're frustrated, we're worried, we're overwhelmed with anxiety? Well, for each person, I assume that it's different. I assume that it's probably something for you and it's something different for the person sitting next to you. But we want peace. We want peace of mind. We want to be able to rid ourselves of all those things that may get us worried. And if there's something that we're worrying over, that we have no control over, which is usually the case, we have to learn to let it go. We have to learn to lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, you know what, I I want the Prince of Peace to take this. I want our God, who is a God of peace, to take it. I want the Spirit of God that dwells inside of me to give me an assurance, a comfort, that I'm dealing with something that only God can and will handle. Our text there in James chapter 3 reminds us of a few things. And I, you know, when I was studying for this text, and even last night, in fact, I sent Christy the, uh, the, uh, the, the PowerPoint last night because I kept writing and kept writing and uh, kept thinking about what I wanted to say on this subject. And I know we've got more Sundays in the month, so I'll, I'll keep that in mind as well. But I want to have a path to peace. I want to have laid in front of me the exact route I need to take to get to having a peace of mind. So this morning we're going to talk about four things that can help us understand the path to peace. Now we read James 3. We're also familiar with Matthew 5 and verse 9 where Jesus says, Blessed are the what? Peacemakers. Peacemakers, not peace fakers, okay? Where you say, oh, everything's okay but peacemakers. And that means that you're making peace in your life for you and you're helping to make peace with other people 
around you. So the four things we're going to talk about this morning. First of all, I want you to know that peace needs to be present in the life of every single believer. Nearly every family has a story. Every church has a story. Someone or maybe a group of people that have turned against one another. I, I preached up in Florence again this week, and I said something. I said, I know I'm probably going to hurt some feelings, and I don't mean to do that. I certainly don't mean to, uh, to do anything to discourage. But I said, I've heard in my time in North Alabama so much about T.D. Lamar. I wrote my dissertation on him. I know a lot about him. And I said, people will say, well, there's you know, 120 congregations in Lauderdale County and 40 within the city limits of Florence because of T.B. Laramore. And that's just simply not the case. Most of those conversations were established in the last 50 years. Laramore died before then, okay? Hello? A lot of the churches that are established are not because a group of people said, hey, I, I doubt anybody got together and said, we want to put a building on every single street, on every single corner. I doubt anybody sat down and said that. What happens is often new churches pop up in places like that where there are several congregations because this group says, I'm unhappy and I don't want to go over to this church and this church, so we'll just kind of start one of our own. We don't want to seek peace. We'd rather complain and murmur and then go out and do something else. And I know they, they as Chris was talking to me about that afterwards, and he said, you know, that's true. I said, I know it's true. I've lived here. I've preached here. Many times if we have a problem that we're dealing with, we don't want to talk about it, first of all. We certainly don't want to deal with it. But I'm here to tell you this morning that New Testament Christians seek peace. We seek peace with one another. We talk to one another. Matthew 18. If we have a problem, we deal with it. We, same thing in our marriage. The same thing with our relationship with friends and family. We need peace. We don't want turmoil. We don't want heartache. We don't want headache. We don't want anxiety. We've got to learn to establish peace in our homes. When conflict ensues, feelings are hurt, emotions will escalate. I mean, we, we say hurtful things. How many of us in the moment of anger have said something we regretted? Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes we get so mad, we put it in a text message or we put it in an email. And I, I know myself, I immediately regret it. I think, man, I should have waited. Shouldn't have said that so quick. But we need to have peace present in our own lives. Here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn over there with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want you to see some things from Paul's experience. Some of the things that he uh, had dealt with. Listen to these verses. Verses 23 and 24. He says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Paul's experience was he had done, and you know, when you, oftentimes when you're out and you're visible or you're in a position and your work that people see you and they answer to you, you can't hide when there's a conflict in the workplace. You can't hide a conflict in the home. The kids know, they hear it, they see it. Well, we'll go to the bedroom and we'll, we'll gripe about it. Hello? You know, we're going to wait till the kids go to bed. And then we're going to argue it out. See, peace is when we together say, no matter what's going on, preserving the relationship, preserving, preserving the, the group dynamic is the most important. Having communication. So Paul, in his experience, you can go through the New Testament. He had an issue with James. He had an issue with Peter. He had an issue with John Mark. He had an issue with Barnabas. He had an issue with several different people along the way. But you know what? 
through all of it, he grew in his spiritual walk. And by the time the end of his life is near, he has fellowship once again with these brethren. Now, we can pull out those negative things, and we can say, well, Paul seems to be always upset with somebody. Or we could see how Paul deals with it, bringing unity, trying to be of the same mind. And I love here how he says, notice it says, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Everything about you can be benefiting from peace. Notice also some of the fears that he had. He talks a lot about purity. He talks about a sense of belonging in his writings. He talks about being prepared for the second coming in this chapter as well, just in the the previous chapter. But in order to have that, you've got to seek the God of peace. Now, peace is going to be lost from time to time. It's not always going to be present. And there'll be seasons of your life where you find a, a, a difficult time, a difficult season. But know that peace needs to be present. So ask yourself the question, what can I do? Forget about, well, you don't understand how I've been treated. You don't understand what somebody said to me. You don't know. Let that go for a minute. What can you do to preserve peace in your own life, to be present with God? Second of all, peace has got to be pursued. It doesn't just happen accidentally. It doesn't just kind of fall in your lap. Peace is pursued. And by Christians, especially peace is pursued when it's let when it's lost when people are unhappy we got to find a way to bring us all together and as steve said this morning this is one of the ways we do it and i i there's no doubt in my mind it's not just as a memorial to our lord and savior it's also a common point that's why we call it communion it's a common thing we do and as a community as a spiritual community We come together every single Sunday and we take communion together, the Lord's Supper. And we reflect on the fact that, hello, it's not about me, you know? It's about Jesus. And if if our churches and our homes were about Jesus and Jesus alone, there's no place for self. I I preach quite frequently this, this same thought and I heard it many years ago. I can't remember where it began. But the thought was, if I'm so full of myself, where's God going to put his Holy Spirit? If I am so selfish and concerned about what I want and what I need, then how is there going to be any unity in the Spirit? I had a young man that was doing Bible correspondence courses at a prison, and the man who was doing the majority of the Bible studies came and met with me. And he said, uh, we're trying to help this guy do this, and we're trying to help this guy do that. He just seems to have all these issues. And he said, I don't know. We've been working with him for about five years. I said, well, well, show me his latest letter. And he handed it to me. I said, can I make a photocopy of it? He said, sure, yeah, sure. I went in, got a photocopy. And then I took a red marker, and I circled every single time he used the word I or me in a front and back piece of paper. And it was over 80 times, front and back. If you were to list the issues you struggle with, how many of them would be self-centered? Almost everything we deal with. The pressure's outside. Look, Job faced his trials and he survived. Amen? Jesus faced the cross. But you know what? He rose again. Christians need to focus on the fact that, yes, the world's out to get us. They're going to persecute us. They're going to destroy us. Satan, he's loving every minute of it. But even if you take my body, God owns my spirit. He has redeemed it. 
And when I have that last breath, that's not the end, church. I'm going to rise up again just as Jesus did. And I have a home in heaven as a result of it. And so the path to peace is that I want it, and if I want it bad enough, I'll pursue it. One of the statements I make quite frequently in our home is you do what you want to do. They say, well, I just didn't have time to do that. Well, that's because you did what you wanted to do. Oh, well, I didn't really want to do it. Yes, you did. Because if you're doing something, you have a choice. Do it or something else. So you choose to do what you want to do. And if you want peace, you'll pursue it. You'll pursue it in your relationships and you'll pursue it in your life. And it takes effort. It's a job. It's a hard job. In Hebrews chapter 12, he says, try to live in peace with all people. Live in peace with all men. Pursue it, he says. Pursue it. If I want peace, i got to go after it. And why wouldn't we want to pursue it? Go back to the verse we read in James 3 in verse 18. And I love the New Century Version as it renders it like this. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. A lot of us are kind of benefiting from something we had no uh, you know, no work involved with it. I'll give you an example. I talk frequently about a little piece of land we own over here in Foley. Misty and I went out a couple days ago, and man, we picked a whole container of mulberries. I've never, don't remember ever seeing a mulberry tree, but I'll tell you what, we've got them out our ears, and I love every minute of it. I'm out there eating till my teeth are black, right? Purple. I love it. I love it, but I didn't plant those trees, you see. I didn't plant those trees, but I'm benefiting from the fruit of it. And the peace in our nation, the peace in our homes, the peace in our churches are because people have worked to get it there. And if I want it, I've got to do my best to pursue it. Number three, peace needs to be personal. When you pursue peace, you're going to find it. You know why? Because you're looking for it. You're going to look for it. Yesterday, we went out into the a building out behind our house where we have a lot of things stored, and I was determined, I was determined to find something. We spent hours, didn't we, Missy? Hours. We wanted to put up some stuff in our, in our house, and we have looked for it for months, and we just said, you know what, we're going to clean top to bottom. Boy, we got a lot of organization done. I'm paying for it today, I'll tell you what. But we got some organization done, but we wanted that, we wanted that specific item. We went after it, and we found it. You will find what you're looking for if you try hard enough. And if we want peace, we've got to seek it out and make it personal. Notice here in Colossians chapter 1, and if you've got your Bible, just leave it open to that page because we're going to be right there in a couple of texts in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, listen to what he says. He says, And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Jesus died so that you might have peace with God. Jesus continues to work through His church, the hands and feet. He does that by His blood. He achieved it that we might have peace together. The first thing we might say along these lines is we need to reconcile with God ourselves. During the meeting, we had a young man come forward, and he sat down on the front pew pretty quickly. I don't even think we got the first five words of the invitation song out. He was on his way. 
And he's about 21 years old. I've known him his whole life. And he said, I'm struggling with something. And I just can't let it go. And it's affecting everything I do. It's affecting my school. It's affecting my relationship with my family. It's, it's affecting uh, my ministry because he's wanting to be a minister. And he said, I don't know what else to do. And I said, well, you've got a good start. That's a good start to come and say, I need some prayer. I need some encouragement. I need some help. we got to make it personal. I need peace. If I, if I want peace in my family, if I want peace in my marriage, if I want peace in the church, I have to say, I am going to do the best I can to make that happen. I am going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to be the one who's the mediator that gets between people. I'm the one who's going to say, let's sit down and let's pray about it first. See, sometimes we want to talk about it first. That's the wrong step. Let's pray about it first. Let's sit down. I was in a business meeting one time. By the way, I, I know I've said this before probably, but I, I just, I've never been a big fan of business meetings. Every time I go in, it's just, I'm so worried something's going to happen. Something's going to be said. And we were in this church where there were so many people that were contentious. And I knew we were going to have a fight because I knew three topics that one guy was going to bring up. And we started, and I was a young preacher, but I said, you know what? We need to pray first. And I prayed for 15 minutes. And the reason why I did that is because then they only had about 40 till we had to go to Sunday night service. And if I, had come, if I could come up with some more stuff, I'd have prayed longer than 15 minutes. I went through the whole prayer list, you know, and prayed for every man in the room. And it certainly changed the tone of that meeting. We want to talk first. Let's sit down and talk it out. Let's sit down and know we need to pray it out. We need to pray that together there will be unity, that we can communicate in a healthy way. Imagine if, you know, you got those collars for the dogs. We don't put one on ours, but, you know, if they start barking, it, it shocks them. Imagine if we all wore one of those things. Every time we raised our voice, if we just, some of you be walking around like this all the time, you know. Be careful, be careful how you use your tone with people. Be careful of the words that you say because sometimes just the little smallest thing can tear up a relationship. And so we reconcile with God, we reconcile with others, and then we've got to be reconciles, reconcilers ourselves. You know, Paul talked about being a, a reconciler, the ministry of reconciliation. Romans 5.1 says, since we've been made right with God by our faith, this is from the New Century Version, it says we have peace with God because we have pursued, personally pursued peace. And we say my job, my role as a Christian to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ is to try to speak words of peace over people. And anytime someone is struggling and they come forward with it, or anytime I'm struggling and I need to come forward with it, our first thought is how can we be united in peace? Number four, and finally... Peace has got to be preserved. Stay here with me in this, in this book in Colossians 3 and verse 15. I'll bet you remember this one. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. I, I almost used that verse for the last point. I was wrestling with that. Because it certainly shows a personal pursuit for peace. Peace needs to be Preserve. Peace needs to control our thoughts. Peace needs to control our thinking as we think about our life, our family, our, our work, anything. And the context really reveals the answer on how you can 
preserve it because as children of God, we're conforming to the image of our Father. We know that. And if our God is forgiving, then we ought to be forgiving. If our God is loving, then we ought to be loving. If our God is a God of peace, you know, church, we need to be people of peace. And we need to pursue it with everything in us and preserve it if at all possible. It says, let the, God, the peace that God has control your thinking. Think about positive things. How much of your thoughts are negative thoughts? Well, no wonder we're so anxious. No wonder we're all struggling with trying to figure out how to deal with stress in our life. Peace needs to control our thoughts and it needs to control our actions. <clears throat> peace of the Father that He's given us needs to be pursued by the whole church family. If we all determine that we're going to learn to get along, it's like sometimes you, you see these cage matches, you know, where they put these people in there and they fight it out till the last one standing. Many of us will say, I'd like to try that, you know, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to fight it out. We don't want to argue it out. We want to say, how can we leave this meeting or this, this dining room table when we're fussing and arguing? How can we leave here and learn to grow through this experience? The peace that God gives is overwhelming. And so Paul writes to the Philippians and talks about stress and he talks about worry and he talks about wants and he talks about needs. And then he closes out with a thought in that last chapter. We'll get to there in just a minute. He says, you can have the answer. You can have the solution to the problem. And then peace needs to control our hearts. Peace needs to be preserved inside of us. Both the texts say that we need to be thankful. We need to give thanks. Uh, Colossians 3 and Philippians 4. But we need to pause and just say, God, I want your peace to come in my heart. I want your peace to overwhelm my mind, and I want your peace to move me to action. The opposite of peace, we talk about war, we talk about conflict. It's because we focus on the negative. We focus on, well, I'm going to just take care of this myself. Ultimately, God wants to take control of you. He wants to, if you'll let Him, be more like Him. Pursue peace. And here's this last thought in Philippians Chapter 4. We've probably read this before. We've, we've studied it. He says, don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. For nothing. I think it's on that last slide. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then you notice this word I've highlighted here. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God is a God of peace. And when I learn to trust in Him, that He's going he's gonna to still the storm. I can't still a storm. Can you? But God can. God can speak over a storm in our life. He can work through us and others to bring peace in that situation. And so He says, don't be anxious for anything, but take it to God in prayer. And as you pray to God, and as you continue to ask Him for guidance and for help, remember that He is a God that can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that simply means that I don't, I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know when He's going to do it. I don't know why He hasn't done it already. But what I do know is that I can have a peace in me that is greater than understanding. I don't have to understand. I don't have to. God doesn't have to come down and explain it to me. I just want it fixed, right? 
I want to feel better. I don't want to be anxious. So he says, trust in the God who can give you a knowledge, a wisdom of, of peace that is greater than anything you could ever imagine. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.